0: At times, we can get to breaking point, so it's important if you're struggling with debt to reach out to friends and family and those you can trust for help, so you can plan a better future. Welcome everyone to our 30th in our series of podcasts brought to you by Good Thinking, London's digital mental wellbeing service, which provides round-the-clock mental wellbeing support for those living or working in London. This is Sonia Etetwani at Good Thinking, and in this podcast, our clinical director, Dr. Richard Graham, is in discussion with Matthew Radbourne senior debt advisor, and Rachel Gregory, senior policy manager at Christians Against Poverty. For many who find themselves in debt, even for reasons way beyond their control, feelings of shame can be a powerful barrier to getting support. Here we share how so much non-judgmental support and practical advice is available, and that reaching for help today will lessen suffering for many and will lead to a better future. Over to you, Richard, Matthew, and Rachel.
1: Thank you, Sonia, and thank you, Matt and Rachel, for joining us today. Perhaps, Matt, if I could start by asking you a question, I'd like to think about the sort of people who might wake up in the morning or can't sleep at night because of money worries, that they may have debts that are amounting, and they're just really struggling to know what to do about that. What would your first piece of advice be for someone who might be in that situation? What should they do next?
2: I would always say, put your hand up and face the fear but don't be ashamed of it yeah. there's always somebody who can help you the big thing is is saying that i'm in trouble that is the, the hardest thing to do is to admit that you're in financial trouble or any kind of trouble so yes i would always say don't bury your head in the sand you've just got to reach out for help because you are not the only person who's in this kind of trouble and the stigma of it, it is you need to forget that for your own well-being for your health and you just need to reach out and say i need help because there is help there.
1: That's a a lovely message that you will not be by any means the only person in that situation. And if you can put your hand up and reach out for help, and presumably that might even be to someone else in your life, uh, as much as an organisation like Christians Against Poverty.
2: The biggest thing we we hear a lot at Christians Against Poverty is the shame, you know, the embarrassment and and the guilt. And I would would say, yes, there is obviously going to be that feeling there. But yeah, reaching out to your nearest and dearest is the best way, a a problem shared and all that. It needs to be out in the open. And I would say you've just got to reach out, definitely. It's sitting on it and making yourself more and more anxious and more and more ill. Bearing your head just doesn't work. And so, yeah, speaking out to to friends, family, work colleagues, um, anybody really you can trust and and they can help you Listen, that's that's a, a big thing. You know, we we a lot of people we hear just keep it inside, and yeah, it's hard to do that. And so, yes, I would say reach out to the nearest and dearest uh, first and foremost.
1: I mean, I guess you are already indicating that part of that struggle is also not always knowing what support is available. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit, Matt, about the different types of support that people could access, and then perhaps particularly what that journey might be if they contact Cap Christians Against Poverty. There's organisations,
2: there's charities that, that can help. A lot of our clients or people we've spoken to seek help from Citizens Advice, Citizens Advice Bureau. There's the Money Advice Service that are accessible. There's National Debt Line, there's Step Change. There's many organisations. There's MIND, which help people with um, struggling mental health-wise as well. Yeah, a really good one is the, the website, the Mental Health uh, and Money Advice website. They have like lots of practical tools and, and things that, that are like quick fixes almost. You know, there's just stuff that are really basic, practical stuff that is there in front of you that can that, that can help, first of all, make you more aware of, of the fact that, that the, the situation you're in, but also signpost you to, to organisations as well. So there is a, a lot out there and, and we're an, an organisation who, who offer that service, a free service as well through the church that, that people contact us on our national number and a representative from a local church if there is one in the area will will come out and talk to you i mean it's slightly different now with the, with covid a lot of it's phone based but in normaler times we would um we, we would visit in the house so it's a face-to-face model of what we do and we, we, we offer that service of finding solutions for, for people who are in who are in depth
1: two things there that are quite similar to how we've developed good thinking, really, which is that, first of all, the service is free, and and secondly, that you can access it from your home. So if there are issues of of shame, embarrassment that we think of as stigma, being able to do something privately, first of all, might be one of the nicest ways of starting that journey. So that sounds great. And I, I guess even with video and phone now, we can still do something a bit similar during covid So someone has made that connection with uh, CAP, with Christians Against Poverty, and you're going to make that connection with them. What would be the sort of journey many people would go on from there, then? What sort of things could happen in terms of helping them with their their debts?
2: Initially, they would call the national number, uh, CAP's national phone line number, and then a representative from CAP would would set up a visit, or on the phone, and, and basically explain our service, explain that we can help and there is there is always a solution and yeah just offering a space at first to for the potential client to explain their situation um because often we're finding that people are not listened to that that people don't have the space to talk to people to get this out and then uh, as the process continues you know we, we ask for um what debt they have, you know. The, we, we ask for paperwork. We assess their situation through that, through the debts that they have. We try and find it. Well, we find a solution um, based on their their income and their expenditure and what debt they have. We we talk through ways that they can get through this. For many, it is just some kind of organising of of paperwork and realizing what income they've got coming in and what they're paying out, and gaining some control over their situation and it's an education thing as well you know i don't i don't think traditionally in our education system we're taught that much about budgeting and pensions and tax and you know credit cards and interest rates and mortgages it's a you leave school and you're just out there in the world and sometimes it's about just putting things in order um but sometimes obviously if 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 the debt is unmanageable then it's finding solutions for, for for clients and over the years, we've built up really good relationships with creditors and, um, you know, organisations and, and we we would start to work out an income and expenditure and then see if where, where if paying back the debt is a possibility or if not, another form of maybe an insolvency to help clear that debt. But the, the initial conversations are, tell us what your debt is and we would contact creditors and kind of say, can you... Uh, Put the handbrake on here. If a client is working with CAP or is going to start working with CAP and we're going to help them sort their finances out. So we, offer, we can offer some kind of breathing space initially and then we build budgets and advice based on the information that we're given from each individual.
1: So it sounds like from the beginning, there is a support without judgment that that you meet with people and try to understand all the different issues they may have, and then work towards some sort of plan that, as you say, helps them feel more in control, presumably less frightened of what comes through the letterbox the next day, and then hopefully a, a plan that starts to give them something more back in their lives. I, I think your point as well, which is a really good one about money skills, if that's the right description, um, is, is such a key one, especially now in the digital revolution where we're kind of moving to cashless or cash-free society. and And even more you know, complex virtual currencies that uh, make understanding what money is, let alone where it is and how it goes up or down, just so much more challenging. As the nursery rhyme went, the king was in his counting house counting out his money. <laughs> uh, it, it used to be a little bit more simple seeing what happened. So really important message there about how in education and perhaps in all public services, helping people with money skills and understanding is perhaps one of those key challenges for the future.
2: And I think we, when when we talk to clients, you know, I speak to clients every day, and it is a challenge. The the world we live in, you know, we're surrounded by advertising, and you've you've got to have this, you've got to have that, and the norm now is for people to have quite quite expensive mobile phone contracts, to have satellite television uh, packages, that kind of thing. It's it's not uncommon for families of, 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 of two adults and three, four children to have six mobile phone contracts, and the children are all under at the age of, of 18, you know, 8, 17. And, and it's just normal now, or it's perceived that if you haven't got this, you haven't got that, that, that you're not normal. So, yeah, a lot of it is the world we live in, and, I, and I, it, it is, you've got to have what the Joneses have got, and it is so easy to get nowadays. You don't have to leave your house to, to furnish it or, or, or to get contracts and that. It's understanding the value of money again, but also understanding, you know, we're not judging because it, it's all around us. You stand out if you don't have a lot of this stuff nowadays. It is difficult. It, we've we've moved on from the days of you paid cash for everything and you didn't have anything until you had cash. Yes. It, it, it's just completely moved.
1: terms of media literacy, as as well as money skills, understanding the power of influencers and just what's behind all of that. But you've also raised in passing, really, that we are living through not just a time in which it's so easy, in a way, to purchase things without necessarily having the means to to support that, but that we're living during COVID. Whenever we record these podcasts during COVID, they're always coloured a bit by the, the current circumstances, But also one of the messages right at the beginning of COVID were that we were all in this together. And yet I think very quickly we were learning that different communities, different areas of work, different living situations, circumstances were being affected differently by COVID. And I wonder if I could ask you now, Rachel, something about the way... COVID or the impact of COVID on our society, on our economy, might be starting to affect people differently. And if they are going to put their hand up, it might be a good time to be doing that for those reasons.
3: Yeah, I think the best analogy I've heard about this is that we're all in the same storm, but we're definitely not all in the same boat. I think from our experience of working with people who are living, live, were living on low incomes or struggling with their finances, perhaps struggling with their mental health coming into COVID, there were lots of people that just didn't have the same resources to buffer them through this. So a vast majority of our clients living on exceptionally low incomes didn't have savings buffers so you know where they there's been that hits their income because of furlough or perhaps they lost their job they didn't have anything to see them through and and now we're we're talking you know nearly a year on the sort of cumulative impact of that now is really significant and you know if we think about the people who suffered the most whether that's with health because they had to work on the front line often in low-paid jobs or because their housing conditions were not pleasant to spend long times in self-isolation in in houses with damp and overcrowding. But also, we know that it's been younger, it's been low-paid workers that have been more likely to be furloughed or to have been unemployed throughout this period. And we've heard lots in the news recently about people being able to save and, you know, splash out on purchases during COVID. But that has really been, you know, higher earners, people that have been able to work from home. And that's definitely not been the experience for, for lots of the people we're helping. And so we, the sort of estimates around that are that coming into the crisis, there were 5 million people struggling with debt. And we've now, we're now going to be seeing an additional 3 million on top of that. And then we just know that people really, like Matt has explained, find it so difficult to to seek out for help. Maybe they don't know it exists. Maybe they, there's a hope that things will get better. They'll be able to sort it. So we normally find people wait two years struggling with debt before reaching out to us for help and you know things can only get worse during that time so I think there's a really you know the message just resoundingly at this time is that we know things are tough and we don't want people to have to go through that alone and and so just reach out the earliest you know, even if it's just a little worry at this point in time, it's better to talk about that and sort of get out in the open and face it. And we can, you know, move forward in in a positive way rather than that, you know, rumbling away and and getting worse over what is, you know, a very uncertain year ahead of us, no doubt.
1: I think it's worth emphasising that these services are free, they won't judge you, and there is somebody who will understand some of the practical steps you can take to improve your situation. But I, I, I was wondering whether there were... Any particular issues where you think people might want to recognise there are changes coming that they may need to be thinking about and perhaps reaching out for help for now rather than two years later when all that anxiety and, and dread has just accumulated?
3: I think some of the things to perhaps bear in mind if you're in a situation where perhaps you're worried about losing your job in the future but it's not happened yet or you're just about getting by, maybe you're missing the odd payment in a month but you can catch that one up the next month and sort of juggling things around. You know, there's lots of really great resources out there to just help you be a bit more intentional about your household budgeting so you can feel more in control essentially and there's resources on like the money and buy service website but there's also loads of apps that are really interactive I might even say spun <laughs> but perhaps I'm just too geeky on this financial education stuff But just make it really easy to see you know what's coming in what's going out but also I think really to think about lots of us do have credit cards or, or overdrafts we manage the payments on them but we don't always think about how much interest perhaps we're paying or how quickly is that balance going down. And I really encourage people to think about the debt they have and through how how long is it actually going to take you to pay off at the rate you're paying now? Um, And perhaps think through, could you pay a little bit more? Could you move that into a lower cost source of credit just to help you build up your resilience and to put you in the best position for what might Come, you know, if there is a hit to your finances, which hopefully there won't be, but we know that life happens and it happens to us all. We can't always predict it. That's
1: really helpful because it echoes one of the things we often see in relation to health issues that if you take a more active role in relation to that, whatever it is, it could be mental health or even could be your physical health, and try to both sort of face whatever is happening and then do something about it. You are taking, as Matt said earlier, control back, but also then perhaps in small ways making quite a big difference to your situation. That does sound like a really hopeful message. And and you say the money advice website and we'll we'll make sure there are links to all these resources at the end
3: the money advice service is an organization that that's linked to government so it's the collective voice of um, free and um, independent and sort of authoritative advice on on money and debt issues. They then link to loads of other organisations that they sort of vouch for um, are good and and helpful places to go.
1: You mentioned a moment ago that some people when we entered COVID were were not in a, a strong position, may not have had savings, housing that was good to live in. But I guess there are other groups in COVID where People may have had some of those things, may have had a a good job, a a, a nice house, probably a substantial mortgage for that. And then suddenly things are very different uh, through no fault of their own, just in terms of the way COVID has changed. Is that a particular group that you think might struggle with the sort of reaching out for help, that they may even be more affected by those feelings of shame uh, and embarrassment that Matt described?
3: From, from the sort of research we have in this area, we know that men can particularly struggle to, to reach out for help, to overcome that, that pride barrier. So I think the more we normalize this conversation, great strides around mental health, but somehow mental health and money is just that double stigma that we're still struggling to get past. But yes, I think you're right. There's lots of people that perhaps haven't had to worry about money in the past, perhaps have quite big expenses, perhaps more, you know, quite substantial mortgages and things and might not know or might not think these services are there to help them. And that's completely not true. You know, at Christians Against Poverty, although we've got poverty in the name, you know, we're here to help anyone that, that needs us. We don't have income requirements around that. And we see people in all sorts of different positions. And the thing that unifies all of them is that money is a worry and that it's detracting from their quality of life. It's causing stress. It's impacting their relationships. And we don't want to see people left in that place. So we just love to help where we can.
1: Supportive to know that uh, it doesn't matter who you are or or what your situation is, that CAP will be wanting to support you. I was just wondering, Matt, from your experience of case management, are you seeing a greater diversity struggling with these money worries because of the way so much has changed over the last year?
2: I think it's affecting everybody. I just think I've spoken to clients who, as a couple, have five, six thousand pounds a month come in as an income, but you know, originally and live in very expensive houses. One of the one of the couple loses their job or becomes long term ill and has been living, you know, on the edge above their means previously, and then it quite quickly becomes an issue because of repaying credit cards and that kind of thing and keeping it with mortgage payments but also you know it's it's affecting like we said earlier people in the hospitality um trade people on temporary contracts It, it is everybody and i wouldn't it can affect everybody it's not exclusive to one set of circumstances and i think that's the not the frightening thing but it could be it could happen to any of us really you know and that's the and I think COVID has kind of polarized that because we are just living so close in general to the to the edge. So, and and I would echo what what, what Rachel said there as well. We find a lot of guys not wanting to come forward. You know, they've got a family to to look after. And it's, th- it's their responsibility, and we ha- we have to try and change the mindset there. A lot of cultural stuff as well. A lot of families culturally manage the head of the household, and it's the shame of. If anybody knew of, of debt, we, we see quite a lot of that as well.
1: Indeed, like COVID itself, it, it doesn't just target particular people. Going back to your point, Rachel, about being more active and perhaps starting to face the situation, you know, perhaps again, like some of the measures that we can take with COVID, whether it's masks or hand washing or social distancing, you can do things to reduce the risks. We can't eliminate um some of the stress some of the worry but we can actively do things to to make things as good as we can doesn't matter who you are however you're being affected do make sure you're looking at the right information the right advice facing what your current situation is and when you need it, definitely reaching out for that help. There's one group we've been hearing about at Good Thinking during COVID who do seem to be very worried, again, because of different areas of business being affected, like the hospitality sector. But certainly young people have have been raising this issue about wanting more support, more advice in relation to money issues. Is that an area that CAP feels also you can offer advice attuned to issues that young people face as students and beyond?
3: We have seen a slight uptake in calls from younger groups and across the sector more generally. Um, other debt advice agencies have been seeing similar. I think quite um, a lot of that is driven by um, people in rented accommodation, which is a lot of, of the younger age group, you know, being, struggling paying the rent, worried about arrears and um, eviction. And so definitely, you know, it's a housing related issue, places like shelter or speaking to the local authority about things like discretionary housing payments, which people might not know exist, but are are there sort of emergency funding to help you plug that gap. But I think more generally, um, there is a lot of exciting stuff out there for younger people. We have a a course called the Cat Money Corp, which is a free financial education course. And we do have modules as well, units of that for um, students. And so people can have a look on our website and see if any of those are are running near them. But yeah, I would just encourage people to have a Google about the different apps um, that are now available because um, there are lots out there and and a lot of them are really fantastic. And you know, communicate to people in those younger age groups in a way that they used to. You know, it's there on your phone, it's convenient, can link up to your bank account even and really help you keep track of things.
1: That's a that's a good message and I think we'll make sure we we get people looking at the CAP website and signing up to some of your modules. That sounds like a, a very positive outcome for this. Well, thank you so much for such a powerful description, really, of the situations people might find themselves in, but also the very practical and positive steps they can take themselves through accessing free non-judgmental support. And given all the shame and stigma, I think that you highlighted, Matt, it's so important that people realize that there will be support without judgment. You'll just help them wherever they are. As we do face the uncertain future and post-COVID recovery era, I think your support and advice is going to be incredibly helpful to many, many people. But just to sort of perhaps try and bring um, something a little lighter at the end of the podcast, we are going to end on our traditional ending. And it cheekily borrows from a certain Radio 4 radio program. we have been inclined to ask our presenters to think about a situation of going into lockdown, but they have the good fortune of being able to choose three famous or prominent people to take with them into lockdown. But Rachel, how about I turn to you first? Who might you take?
3: Yeah, I love this question because actually I've been living by myself through uh, through the lockdown. So how can I make a really fun and, and relaxing household? Um, so I think my three I might go for um, Michelle Obama. Uh-huh. I just think has got such depth and would be really grounded, really calming. And um, I could learn a lot from, from her experiences during this time. And then perhaps um, Ed Sheeran, I'm a bit of a fan and I can see we could have some fun with some sing songs. Yep. And then I think perhaps my final person would be someone like um, Fern Cotton, who I think is just so positive And I think we just have a lot of fun whiling away the hours
1: She would bring a bit of humour, I guess, and a bit of lightness. But also, I guess a great thing about comedy is sometimes it can address really deep issues without necessarily sort of doing it in a heavy-handed way. So, yeah, that that sounds like a nice mixture. And I guess the great thing about Ed Sheeran is he only needs to bring a guitar. He's not going to bring banks of equipment to fill up your spare rooms if you have. Too much.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. You you can keep it acoustic. Um, Matt, Michelle Obama, Ed Sheeran. Uh
2: Uh, yes (laughs) i'm a a, a bit of a music man across all genres so i would i'd like to be in a room with nick cave right bob dylan and i don't know somebody like maybe bono or somebody like that a bit just to add a bit of controversy and they're all very big people in terms of um they have strong opinions and loud voices and uh i like their music in different circumstances so i'd I'd like to just spend some time with them yeah see how their minds work and their, the way they process stuff. And Yeah, that, that would be yes. interesting in itself, wouldn't it? You yeah. do
1: realise, Matt, that they are going to be in there together. <laughs> so, so how are your anger management skills in terms of helping people calm if their powerful creative personalities
2: somehow it, spark It would be interesting, yeah. But I've spent all of my life um, listening to people, pre-working in the debt advice um, sector. I, I I ran pubs. Uh, I was a publican and, okay. uh, and brewed beer. So I spent a lot of time in that kind of environment. But listening to people, and I think it'd just be very interesting. I like my music. I like their music. So,
1: well, I, I think that might be our first lockdown supergroup. <laughs> yes. Even though the outputs are a work of imagination, a leap of imagination, I think to to think about what that what that recording might turn out like. Um, presumably, you'd be on lead vocals. Yes. <laughs> So, okay. Well, we also allow you to take some media, uh, thinking of almost something you could have on a smartphone or tablet. And of course, that could be a book, a film, TV series, music, even a recording of an event. And for some people, a very special sporting event is is something that always brings a bit of cheer to them. Do you have any sense, Rachel, of what you might want in lockdown in that sense? I
3: think you'll laugh at me, Richard, but my... um my feel good film that always brings up my mood um, is Mamma Mia Two. So I don't know if any of my guests would want to watch that with me, but I think that if I had to pick one thing, that's what I would take.
1: And why Mamma Mia Two rather than Mamma Mia One? I think
3: it just reaches new heights in um, <laughs> in cheese, and um, <laughs> the music's great. The storyline barely holds together, but I think that's part of the charm. And um, I just you can see that I think they had great fun making it, and that just lifts me.
1: I th- I think we'll allow you that because I think Mamma Mia 2 and, and all those films and entertainments like it actually remind us that life also should contain fun. And one of the lovely messages we heard in our earlier podcast uh, from Gap is that when people get through all that debt, recovery, hard work, they can start to enjoy life, you know, sometimes in a small way, but actually having some fun to remind ourselves that not everything is, is heavy and burdensome. And I, I look forward to Michelle Obama and Ed Sheeran's review. So um, we'll catch up with you after that, I think. Um, Matt, what might you take, given that you've already got some strong musical personalities? I don't know whether you're going to have share on your phone. Uh, <laughs> um,
2: I like my sport as well. Um, I like cricket, so um, probably a rerun of the... Ashes from 2005 when they beat Australia that that was a a great series and I went to quite a few games there so that was um that's a gear change from (laughs) three
1: oh I know I I'm thinking thank goodness you've suggested something of a slower (laughs) pace and less intense (laughs) I, I I think watching a cricket game unfold on on your phone or tablet um as well as remembering happier times and achievements might, might be sanity preserving, and as a psychiatrist, I think I can say that. Um, so uh, it sounds like a good choice, Rachel. Finally, we're going to let you take some luxurious item. I, I, I don't know with Ed Sheeran whether earplugs might be useful, but just... um,
3: I think my luxury item. One of the things that's got me through has been um, relaxing bubble baths. That I think and lovely bath bombs and perhaps a face mask um, to just you know help relax and reduce the
1: worries that we've all been going through yeah so some wonderful self-care pampering that you give yourself yeah and again the sort of thing again i would imagine for some of cap's clients who do come through and and then have something they can spend they can really treat themselves well and not always terribly expensive or out of reach so great matt you've got your cricket uh three musical personalities What else could you put into that um, mix?
2: While I'm watching the cricket, my guilty pleasure is obviously, in moderation, a nice Trappist Belgian beer. There's nothing better than relaxing and enjoying the the craftsmanship of the work of the monks. So I do I do like a, a Belgian beer, but obviously not to excess, which maybe my friends in the house would be good for.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Yes, yes. You might need to get quite a few crates of that. Yes. On- I don't think they're going to let you uh, not share, but I, I, I think it might be helpful at times, perhaps to enjoy the supergroup's yeah. outputs, but sometimes to sort of lower the temperature a bit into as well. So we, we do allow people to take alcohol. We, we have argued with our colleagues in public health that uh, alcohol can be used in a healthy and positive <laughs> way. Uh, but with those three, it, you might need to watch it. Thank you both very much. We will make sure that we put links to all the great resources that you've already mentioned and we'll be hopefully continuing to work with CAP to make sure that awareness is raised and that communication starts that people are talking about what their situation is, reaching out to wherever for the help, but also knowing that CAP in itself is a great resource that they can connect with. So thank you so much and look forward to further conversations. Thank you.
3: Thank you. you. It's been a pleasure.